you're steady. And all my life, you are right you there. Have been so, so good. Guiding and instructing. Every breath that I am made. I give it back to you, yes. I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, has he been good to anybody? touched anybody but we've got a lot to give him praise for today hallelujah has he delivered anybody has he blessed anybody today hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus hallelujah we get excited about saying his goodness is running after us but we should be running after jesus we should be catching him before he catches us. We should be getting a hold of him before he gets a hold of us. Because we can't make it without him. We need him more and more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's always a, a release in the presence of God. There's a release. And in those who want to who want to run after it, those are going to get it. Those who are going to pursue after God, they're going to find whatever God has for you this service today. And I want to pursue after him. I want to push through the crowd. I, I, don't, I don't want to settle for anything less, but hey, I got to run after Jesus. I got to get a hold of what he has for me today. And I don't care what anybody else says, what they're doing or looking like, but hey, I got to get a hold of him. I'm going to run after Jesus today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Anything can happen in a presence, in an atmosphere like this. Man, we're the ones who can restrain God and, and, and not pursue and not release ourselves to him. Amen. We know that God could do anything. But we got to let him do that. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's so good to see everyone here today come to worship the Lord. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Uh, man, thank you for all those who came out on Friday night. I heard it was a great time, a uh, good move of God. Man, I thank you for all those who are praying for me and I couldn't make it. It wasn't uh, sickness came upon me. But, hey, I'm here today by the prayers and grace of God. Amen. And I'll tell you, I woke up today, I don't know what I was feeling, you know, 60, 70% better, but ever since I came here to the house of God, I'm feeling a whole lot better. I feel like there's, I feel like there's something here today. Amen. This is where the weak come to say, I am strong. This is where the barren come to sing and to sing praises unto God. This is where those that are weak, we can get something from God today. And so whatever it is that you are needing or lacking, amen, this is the place to grab a hold of it. Amen. Don't let God come chase you down. You come chase God down. You take a step of faith today and God's going to meet you where you are at today in your faith. Amen. And we want to get a hold of God. Amen. Because... That is the best for us. Amen. As our ushers come today, we want to remember, amen, this Saturday we've got a Vessels of Honor meeting here at 1030. Amen. If you can bring a dish, see Sister Bruce about that. Amen. And be, uh, uh, be here for that. Amen. We know that uh, uh, 
summer times is coming up and uh, we want to uh, try to stay connected our kids are going to be everywhere and we'll get a hold of them but uh, we're going to uh, move forward and, and, and be uh, present when we can be present amen the Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves amen especially as you see the time approaching amen if you can't tell the time then uh, hey uh, I don't know what to tell you but hey, we want to be here as often as we can, amen, for whatever God has in store for us, amen. Amen, so let's continue to uh, pray for uh, our needs, those that may are, are out sick or traveling, amen, those that need something from God today, amen. We Let's go before the Lord. Let's pray for the remainder of the service, that God would do something in somebody's life, amen. We believe that today. Let's go bind together in faith, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity. We thank you for all that you have done here, Lord, and what you are going to do today. But, Lord, we know that you are not done, God, but you are just getting started in our lives, that we want to respond to you today. Hallelujah. Touch each and every need, every situation, God. We know that you are able to overcome them. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus today. Amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord today. Genesis chapter 11, start reading in verse 31. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, and his son Abram's wife. They went forth from with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. It seemed, it's like there was a, an urge or something. Why all of a sudden you're going to leave? They came, uh, they're headed to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said unto uh, Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. It's like they're on the right track. Uh, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Amen. I want to uh, talk 
preach to you today uh, from this title, man, paused in, paused at progress, paused at progress, man, turn to a few people and greet them uh, in the name of the Lord as you're seated today. Man, about uh, 10 years ago or so, if you were to ask somebody uh, how many steps they take in a day, uh, they would probably look at you a little crazy-eyed because who can count the amount of steps and who's got the time to count the steps that you take? But thanks to technology nowadays, we don't even have to wonder. We can just uh, look at our smart devices and they will tell us approximately how many steps that we take in a day. Um, have you ever wondered how much uh, you would walk in a, a year or a, or a lifetime? Well, if you are pull out the calculator, maybe you could figure that out. But they say the average person takes about 7,500 steps a day. Uh, if this is maintained throughout the year, uh, uh, 80 years or so of their life, they have walked about 200 or so million steps in your life. This would average about 1,300 to 1,500 miles in a year that we walk or 3.7 miles a day. And so the average person with the average stride living until about 80 years old uh, they will walk the distance of about 110,000 miles. They say the earth is about 25,000 miles in circumference, so uh, in theory we all would have the ability to walk around the world four or five times in our lifetime. And if God gives us this amount of time, 100,000 miles to walk in our lifetime, then we need to realize that this, uh, uh, this two things, that two people, they can start at the same place and they can walk the same amount of distance, the same amount of miles, but they can end up in different places. How so? Because one person may put a limit on how far they'll go. And once they have reached that limit, then they uh, turn around and they just walk back. And one will see they, the same things over and over because if there's a barrier in your life or a limit, then you're going to, only going to go that far and then you're just going to turn and, and keep walking in the other direction um, and eventually you will see the same things over and over in your life while the person who doesn't put any limits or boundaries on their life, uh, they will continue to see new things and, and be in new places and arrive at new destinations because they did not limit themselves on how far they were willing to go. Even though they, these two people both walked the same amount of distance, one without limits will walk and see things that the other person will not. 
And so we get to decide how far we want to go in God. We get to decide the limits, the destiny, the destination, how far uh, the levels we want to go in God and whatever kind of limitations or no limitations on God. God is, is in, in limitless and endless. Uh, the, he has all power in heaven and earth. And so we cannot reach the end of God. And so uh, in our life, how we decide how far we want to go in God and how much we are willing to put into that. And I'm to here to tell you today, hey, we should not put any limits on ourselves and on God. We should be continuing to strive further and further in God, deeper and deeper into God's presence and his commitment in God. And we'll continue to see new things in our life popping up because we are in places we have never been before. But if we set limits and restraints on ourselves, not on God, we don't, you can't do that to God, but we do that to ourselves with our commitment, with our fasting, with our consecration, with what we're willing to sacrifice and give up. Those are where the limits are put, and they are put on by ourselves and our flesh. Uh, but if we learn to remove those things and to lay them upon the altar and say, hey, God, I'm putting everything on the altar today. I'm going to remove any restraint. I'm going to allow you to, de to deliver me from anything that is holding me back so I can continue to walk further than I've ever been before uh, so I can see things that I've never seen before. Amen. So we all have been given the opportunity to walk a certain distance uh, and it's up to us to decide how far and how far we will go and what we will see. Coming out of Egypt, Israel skipped across the wilderness uh, in a less than two years or so. It took them to get across. But once they reached the promised land, they decided that they could not go in. They decided that this was the limit, that they, uh, they just could not a, a, a muster the strength or the faith to believe that, hey, this is where God has, has uh, appointed for us. Even though they had evidence of uh, his word being true, they set the boundary on themselves and the limits upon what God can do in their life. And so once they reached their boundary, uh, the only thing they could do was just to turn back. Because they said, we cannot go through this. It's too high, too hard. Uh, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And so we cannot go any further. And so uh, God took them back to the wilderness where they walked for 40 years in circles. Seeing the same old thing day after day, year after year. But yet they still walked the same amount of distance as somebody else. But yet they didn't see anything new. Same location, the same terrain. Either you can pass through this in two years or you can pass through it in 40 years. You decide, Israel. And Israel decided to put up a barrier, an obstacle that kept them walking in circles when it, uh, for 40 years when they should have just walked through it in two years. See, once boundaries are declared, once the cap and the limitations has been set, all you can do then is to walk in circles because that's the, that's the great that you've walked, the 60,000 miles uh, that you've walked, uh, that's walking around in circles for 40 years will be about 60,000 miles. And where all that went, that went nowhere because they were walking in circles. You can go on a 40-year journey 
or you can go on a one-year journey 40 times. So you decide how you're going to use your miles. You decide how you're going to use your steps, your progress. You, we are all, God gives us all the same amount of steps, let's per se, and we decide, hey, am I going to just see the same thing over and over, or is there one day I'm going to wake up and say, I'm tired of seeing this. I want to see something new. I want to push through. I want to break forth into something new that I haven't seen before, and that's going to co cost us something to sacrifice to get through whatever kind of limitations or barriers or strongholds that are in our life that are holding us back and keeping us to walking in circles. And so while we are walking around uh, in circles, God is calling us to go beyond uh, where we are right now. Even though we are making progress in our life and we're, we, we've, we've made so much progress from where we were when we first came to God, and I'm not trying to downplay any of that. We need to celebrate every step that we take further and further from the world. We're getting closer and closer to God and, and closer to uh, the promised land. Uh, but if there are times when we can get caught up in just walking in circles. We're really not progressing. And we can get excited about how far we've come, but what happens is we've lost track of the, of the destination. We've lost track of the purpose, and that is to go where God has called us to, and it's not to just to walk in circles and to stay where we're at. And so every time uh, we reach the end where we think we are at uh, capacity, uh, God doesn't want us to stop at this, uh, at this new barrier in life, but he says, hey, we can still push through and we can still go on and, and move forward in, in God and to see things we've never seen before. But all it takes is continuing to take another step forward. One more push beyond our perceived limitations. One more breakthrough of that barrier and to break through that stronghold and break out of that camp of, of comfort to see what God has for us out there. Because there is more out there. I've got more steps to take. I've got more miles to walk. And I don't want to see the same thing that I've seen in my past. I want God to take me somewhere new so I can see some new things in my life, new experiences in God and new destinies and new levels that I've never been before. But we've got to make up our mind here today, amen, if we're going to keep moving forward in God's progress, amen. And, and so... Uh, we can't, uh, we, we can be here for a time, and, and that's great that we, we celebrate, we have arrived at whatever place we are now, and uh, whatever we've done to get here, sacrifices, uh, uh, the past few weeks we've been consecrating ourselves, and, and you know, we, we, we're breaking through new, new barriers and entering new terrains, and uh, it's okay to pause and celebrate and, and get excited for this, but hey, this is not our final destination. God has something even greater for us as a church and as a believer, as an apostolic. Hey, there's miracles, signs, and wonders to come and things we haven't seen before. Amen. And so we're not going to settle for this here. We're going to keep walking forward and making progress to, to see what God has for us. Amen. So Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram to a place that he's never been before. Get out of your father's house. Go to a land that I will show you. 
Uh, clearly, Abram has never been there, uh, but it, co- it comes at a cost for Abraham because nothing in the kingdom comes without a cost. Nothing comes without a cost. And so the destination that God is calling us to, the places that he is uh, trying to take us are filled with the miraculous power of the Most High. But in order to attain those places, in order to reach it, there's got to be a sacrifice. Second, Chronicle, uh, Second Corinthians 6 says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You see, that is really the beginning of the call. For Abram and for each of us, that was the beginning, is to come out from among them and be ye separate. Separate yourself from this world into a place that I will call you. And we see this fulfilled uh, uh, greatly in our life when we repent of our sins, when we get baptized in the precious name of Jesus, when we are filled with the Spirit of God and evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Bible describes uh, the infilling process of His Spirit. Uh, and thus we begin living out the Scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so we have become this new person in Christ, a new creature with new desires that we never had before. We've been given a new heart that desires the things of God and and his righteousness, Uh, but the call to come out from the world is not just a one-time call. It's not just that the time that we obey the scriptures and obey the gospel and that that, that huge transformation takes place. Yeah, it's really evident then, but that is not the only time that uh, this call goes out. No, the call to come out and be separate is a continual calling. It is a calling for each of us, uh, us every single day of our life to, to withdraw from this world as much as we can because we're not of the world. Even though we are in it, we are still called to come out from it and be separate. It's a continual calling. Whether we've been in the church uh, for a week or we've been in it for 30 years, the call is still the same. Come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. That call uh, is just as important today as it was five years ago or ten years ago or when you first came to the Lord. But I would contend that that call is even more important now than it was back then. Because this world is getting way out of control and there's so much going on in this that we need to disconnect ourselves more than ever before in these last days. Amen. So the call to come out from among the world and be separate is our one of our greatest calls here uh, in these last days. And we need to fulfill that in our life every single day. See, what happens is, is we come out from the world. We get cleaned up. Then with a fresh set of eyes, we can look back at the world and uh, we can start to cherry pick things that we like or want. 
We'll justify in our minds, well, this really isn't a sin. Well, let me just grab a hold of this. I'm not going to, you know, grab with both hands just a little bit. Uh, a little bit of this never hurt anybody. And, 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 then, uh, uh, and then we sacrifice uh, uh, now is uh, our sacrifice is now on our terms. And we will classify how much or how little we think we can take from the world or how close we can get to it and enjoy its, its entertainment and whatever the world provides. And, hey, we can just cherry pick things. Uh, uh, no, that's what God says, come out from among them and be ye separate. We need to reexamine the things in our life and say, hey, what do I need to let go of even more now so I can get a hold of God even closer now? What are these things that I think are okay? But God says, hey, we need to get rid of those things. They may not be a sin, but they can be a distraction from my voice and cloud your mind from hearing the voice of the Lord. And so what we will give up and what we won't give up, we, we now decide on our terms because we have, we've, we've been washed and cleansed and we have a better understanding of how all this works. And so we, we think that we can decide now what we're going to give up. And again, that goes back to the limitations that we are putting on ourselves, the barriers that we put up because uh, we are deciding uh, the details of things. And even though our bodies are not our own because Jesus purchased them in order to put his spirit in them, uh, but we still live like our bodies are ours, that I can do what I want with, our, with my body, uh, my body, my choice. Where do you hear that? Well, if you hear that in the world, why do people say that in the church? When you start talking about holiness and standards, now all of a sudden the spirit says, a spirit rises up and says, my body, my choice. No, that's not a godly spirit. That's a spirit from the, from the depths of hell that the world uses. What, the church should not be saying the same thing that the world says. The church should be saying, my body is not my own. God purchased this body. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to present it a living sacrifice. My opinion doesn't matter. It's what the word of God is going to stand. It's going to be true. And I need to submit myself to the word of God. And it says to present myself a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. That's my job is to present my body as a living sacrifice. That means I don't decide what stays and what goes. That means I don't decide what I like and what I don't like. And so we need to make sure that we are more separating ourselves even the more uh, in these last days. In the church, uh, uh, it, it can't be too noticeable if, if we are uh, trying to blend in and, and to uh, grab a hold of the things of this world. Be, uh, and so we want to blend in in the church and, and, and make things look as natural as possible. Let me tell you, there, there's, no, there's, no soup, there's no substitute for the natural uh, of God. When, when God said to build an altar, he said to use unhewn stones. 
I, I want natural stones, he said. I, I don't want a polished stone. I, I don't want one that is sanded down. I don't want that is cut and made smooth or, or made pretty. No, uh, don't waste any effort trying to make the altar look nice. We try to, uh, that's what we try to do. We try to make the altar nice. Because a real altar is going to be covered in blood. So why waste any effort trying to make the altar nice? Trying to beautify it and, and say, oh, this is for your glory, God. No, uh, what God, what, where God gets the glory is when there's a sacrifice upon the altar and there's blood draining down and there's no more life in that thing and we say, God, have your way. Uh, it's not my will, it's your will to be done. Uh, and so that's where God gets the glory, not in our efforts, but only when we say, hey, God, I'm giving everything up. I'm laying everything down. It's not my will. It's not my life. It's not my body. I'm going to separate myself from this world as much as I can to give you glory glory uh, in these last days because there always must be a sacrifice and what it cost Abram what what sacrifices he have to pay in short he really had, he had, it cost him everything everything that Abram has come to know about life and all it has everything you've thought about Abram just forget about it discard it you don't need that where God is wanting to take you because all of that, your life experience, your collectibles, your systems, your knowledge, your, your way of doing things, the sooner that we can accept the fact that uh, now uh, matter, no, no matter how smart we think we are or how we've got it all figured out, the sooner that we realize that God doesn't need any of that to accomplish his will, uh, the sooner we understand that, that all he needs us uh, to, to do his will is just a willing vessel to say, hey, God, here I am. Uh, I'm laying everything down. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. He doesn't need to, us to bring all of these things to help him out to do his will. Uh, he just needs us to surrender and say, yes, Lord, whatever it is. In fact, the things that we've brought in our life are our talents, our giftings, our treasures, uh, our little tokens that we hold on to, whatever these things that we think that we can't live without and therefore we won't put them on the altar because maybe we're uh, going to use them to, to beautify the altar, say, God, these are, these are things that you've done. God doesn't need any of that stuff. In fact, one of the, what happens is those things often become weights in our life. Hebrews tells us to lay aside every weight in the sin that so, so easily beset us. We're not, we're, hopefully we're not talking about dealing with sins here. Hopefully we're past all that. And so we're, the, the problem is we as an apostolic church, maybe we have some weights in our life that are besetting us and holding us back from where God is wanting us to go. And he says they easily beset us. These things easily can be a distraction in our life. It's not... It's not a, a giant that shows up. It's something easily gets in our life that we embrace and that we allow it to become a distraction uh, from our life. And so 
the sooner that we realize that uh, none of these things matter to uh, God, he just wants us to climb upon the altar and to let him uh, uh, burn and purge us from all of our uh, filthiness or whatever it is in our life uh, that we say it's, it's not our will, God, but it's your will. And so God is telling Abram, go ahead and leave all that stuff behind. I'm calling you to a place that you, uh, I will provide for you. Whatever you want to bring along, it's going to just wear you down and, 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 and possibly cause a distraction or delay in your life. And maybe you will not make it because you want to bring all this extra stuff and tied to the cares of this world. Uh, if you're holding on to the things of this world, you may not make it because it becomes a weight uh, and is pulling you back and holding you down from where God is trying to take you. And so God's telling Abram, leave all this stuff behind. You're not going to need that. Leave your father's house. Leave the safety and security of the city. And take a step in the direction of the unknown. And I will take you to places you've never been. I will provide for you. I will meet your needs. I will become your safety and your security. I will become your shield and your strong tower. But only if you are willing to come away from comfort and go beyond the barrier that is in your mind to continue to move past the progress that you've made. Yeah, we celebrate how far you've come, but let's not stop here. Let's keep on pushing forward in God. Let's see where God wants us to go and allow him to lead us without any restraint in our life. Then you'll see things, Abram, that you've never seen before. You'll pray like you've never prayed before. You'll have clarity in your calling like never before, but not until you, you muster the courage and the strength that is deep inside your soul and to say that I am ready. I am ready to leave this old world, this old me behind in search of a new one, to leave that old person, my old ways behind, and I've got, I want to grab a hold of what God is laying down before me and, and embrace that with my whole heart. See, God is calling each of us to a higher level. He's calling this church to a, a greater commitment of consecration than ever before. In these last days, it's not the time to play patty cake in church, but now it's the time to get on our knees and to stay on our knees in these last days to make sure we know where God is and to grab a hold of him and we can hear his voice. Because there's no more uh, beyond than where we are at Beyond our limitations, there's more. Beyond our capacity, there is more. Beyond whatever barriers are in our, in our life, there are more. But we're going to have to leave the comfort of our, of our place we are right now, of our camp, and to say, God, I'm willing to step out and take another step. And Abram answers the call of God to go beyond he leaves his father's house in Ur, the Chaldees, in pursuit of a tent in the wilderness. He leaves the comfort of civilization in pursuit of an uncertain terrain. He leaves the safety and security of the walled cities in pursuit of becoming a vulnerable vessel of God. You see, once we become vulnerable, that's when God really likes to show off his work. 
But as long as we are comfortable where we're at, we're not vulnerable, are we? We, we like where we are at. But once we just step out and say, God, I've never been here before, that's where we really learn to trust in God. That's where we really learn to say, God, I got to find you today. God, I got to get a hold of you today because these are all new steps that I'm taking and I've never been here before. And that will keep you on your knees and keep you close to God. But inside the safety of civilization in our cities, Amen. We don't really need we don't really need to trust in God, right? Because we have our routines. We have everything down. We know where to go, the roads to take, all this. We all know it. The known uh, uh, prevents us uh, from seeing what God wants us to do. It's out in the unknown where we got to live and walk by faith, where we really begin to see God do something great. Uh, everything seems to be going so well for Abram in his life. Ur uh, is behind him. Uh, Abram is using the steps that he takes to, to go to a new place. And then he decides to stop in Haran. We're not sure why, but the Bible says that they were on their way to the land of Canaan and decided to stop in Haran. Some say that Haran was 600 miles from Ur of the Chaldees, or maybe a two-month journey. And maybe after taking some steps towards his calling, Abram started to get a little weary. And now he's getting a taste of what it means to live by faith. And uh, after a short while of moving in the right direction, Abram is starting to uh, shift his goals and priorities, and he is realizing and he's embracing his calling, and he is feeling the burden of it. But he decides to take a break, just, just a short break, a short break. Nothing too long, and we'll just pull over here, the rest stop in Heron, and, and just take a break here for a little bit, and we'll keep on moving on. But the Bible doesn't tell us how long they're in Heron. But they were there long enough for Abram's father to die there. However long it was, Abram probably ended up staying in Haran longer than he intended to. Longer than he initially thought he would, and that's the attraction of every little pit stop. Hey, just for a little bit here. Hey, just let down your guard for a little bit. Uh, don't worry about all that uh, consecration and, and devotion. You can let down your guard just for a little bit, and pretty soon what happens is you're there longer than you realize. Uh, you're, you're, you're lost off track, and you're, you're trying to find your way back all because of a little pit stop uh, that we thought we can compromise for for a little bit of time, but what happens is the, 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 the Satan sets snares and traps for us, uh, and we fall into them every now and then, uh, but we just need to, to wake up and realize, hey, this is not where God has called us. He's called us to a better place. He's called us to go beyond where we are at. We're not saying that this is a bad place. We're just saying this is where now we're supposed to be. God is still calling us and drawing us to a new place, uh, a new level in God, a new dimension, and as great our things are right now, hey, I don't want to get settled in right here. I don't want to set up my camp right here. I want to keep it mobile so I can keep moving forward where God is still leading us. Abram became a citizen of Haran, 
when God called him to be a citizen of the promised land. It's not that Abram was purposely avoiding Canaan. It's not that Abram had ill intentions when he had entered Haran. It's not that stopping and resting and refueling in Haran is a, is a, is a sin or that it's bad. We're not saying that. Uh, but many things in life start out with good intentions. They start out with a good reason. I got a good reason to do this. I got a good reason to start this up. And, uh, but at some point, uh, something shifts and something turns or we lose sight of, of our, the, the end goal in mind. And, and uh, they end up turning and, and become, uh, they be, these new things now become a reason why we can't leave. We can't leave Heron because this is a, a good place to rest, a good place to stay. And uh, what started out as a good intention, a good resting point, ends up becoming um, a barrier to you actually getting up and going again. Because as much as hard as it was to leave Ur the Chaldees, and now you're traveling for two months out in the desert, and now you find a, a city to, to rest in and you, uh, to set and reside in, now you're putting almost, you're putting down some more roots again and to, to, to get back up and say, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this again. Uproot myself. Uh, it was hard enough last time, and now here we go again. Uh, but if, if Abram had not stayed there very long, it wouldn't have been that much of a, an obstacle for him to get up and leave. But the longer we stay uh, in, in a passive place, the harder it is for us to get up and go. We're going to need a, some kind of supernatural, uh, um, uh, uh, supernatural inv- intervention in our life to wake us up so that we can realize, hey, I got to get back on track. I got to take, step, take another step forward in God so that he can lead me to where he wants me to go. And so uh, what started out as good intentions for Haran now becomes a hindrance to their progression. And we start justifying our reason for staying where we're at. And uh, God, don't you see how far we've already come? God, we're, we're not in the earth of the Chaldees anymore. Look how far we've come. We've traveled 600 miles. Look, look at all that I've done, Lord, and look how much I've already sacrificed. Why do I need to continue on? Or uh, I'm not where I used to be, Lord. I'm doing so much better. Look at me now compared to where I was in the earth of the Chaldees. I, I'm closer to you than I've ever been before. And God is saying, that is great what you've done. And uh, I'm pleased with your progress, but uh, it's not. we don't need to pause in our progress. Uh, there is more out there because I didn't call you, Abram, to, to Haran. I called you to go out to Canaan. I called you to the land of uh, flowing with milk and honey. And so I need you to keep on moving, Abraham. Keep on moving. Your father could have seen the land that I would have given for, to you. He could have died in the promised land, but instead he died in Haran. We will always lose something when we aren't where God has called us to be. We'll always lose something when we decide to say, hey, this is, this is far enough for me. This is, I'm going to take a break here. Uh, I deserve a break. I've, I've sacrificed so much. I don't need to sacrifice anymore. I've got I to gotta stop. I, I've, do, I've, I've, I've done all those things, and I, I deserve a break here. 
we need to be careful because there's always something we can lose right there. We can lose our sense of direction. We can lose our lose out on hearing from God, from all these new uh, influx of distractions that come in our life. Uh, and so we need to be careful. Uh, but the best thing is for us is to always be on the move. Always continue moving forward. Never pausing in our progress, but celebrating. Look how far we have gone. But hey, we're still moving forward. We're not going to settle down and and build up camp here. No, I'm going to continue to strive further. And so if we aren't careful, all of our progress, all of our growth and accomplishments in God, they can actually become a hindrance and keep us from where God wants us to go. I've done this and this for you, and I've sacrificed. And so somebody else can step up and do that now. See, that's... The language that they spoke in Heron, the language of comfort and the language of spiritual apathy, the language of lukewarmness where, hey, we're just going to settle here. Speaking that language and living in that location will keep you from getting to where God has called us. And I'm not trying to discard or write off any and all progress or accomplishments that we've already done in the kingdom of God. Uh, Those are great and we have made progress. But what if, just what if, all of the years that you've been in church and all the sacrifices you've given and, and all of the days and weeks and months that you've fasted and the countless hours you've prayed, what if all of that progress has only gotten you to Heron? And we think we're in the promised land. What if, what, what if we're only in Heron right now? That's the danger of, of thinking that we're, we, we've arrived or we deserve to be here at this place. Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with being here, but hey, this is not the final destination. Uh, we, as long, Until God calls us out of here, we got to keep moving forward and keep moving towards that promised land. Keep praying and keep fasting uh, like we've never been before and, and, and taking on more things and more sacrifices in the kingdom of God. And so the danger of being paused in our progress is that it can become a prison for us where we think everything is fine, uh, but really things are not. And so there's still more out there. There's still more places in God that we have not seen or had. There's still more late-night prayer meetings that we have never encountered yet where God's going to do something great that we haven't seen before. Uh, and so as great as Friday night was, hey, we'll celebrate that. But, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. And uh, I want to sacrifice and prepare myself for the next time and for the next service and, and continually uh, walking forward uh, to where God is calling us and, and dragging us uh, to where he uh, has for us. Musicians, if you would come. See, uh, we saw in, in Ecclesiastes, as we read over these past two weeks, there's a time and a season for everything. And... In one part of your life, maybe maybe you are in the promised land. Maybe you are flowing with milk and honey, and and the anointing is just pouring out on your life. <clears throat> but 
But maybe in other parts of your life, you're still stuck in Haran. God wants all of us in the promised land, every part of us, not just bits and pieces of us, but hey, we do good here. We know our strengths and our weaknesses, but we got to make sure that we are all in one place at a at point in time. And God is calling us to take one step past our experiences, one more step beyond uh, Friday night, one more step beyond uh, these past two weeks of consecration and, and dedication to God. That, that, was a, that was great, and we needed that. That got us to where we are here. But, hey, let's not set up camp here. Let's say, hey, God, we're still going to move forward. We're still going to be taking steps. We're still going to be fasting. Amen. Let's not wait. Well, let's not wait to the next uh, uh, formal papers where we say, let's fast these, these, these days and these days and these weeks and let's read this and this. Hey, uh, we, uh, we do that as a church corporately to, to help get us together. But, hey, uh, if that's the only time we're praying and fasting and reading the word of God, we got to step up and say, I got to do this for myself. I can't wait for the pastor to release another program, uh, another schedule for me to start seeking God. No, I got to learn to seek God on my own. I got to learn to fast and feel after the Spirit on my own without, without anybody saying, you need to do this. I got to feel that and say, hey, I feel a nudging from the Spirit that I need to fast today or I need to go on a two-day fast. I just feel something uh, from God to do this. That's where we need to be, each and every one of us. Nothing against the, the corporate, the programs and the schedules, those are good. But, hey, uh, that should not be the only time that we're doing those things as believers. Uh, that should be a regular occurrence in our life. And when these schedules and programs do come, hey, all the better. That's just more of God I'm getting. That's just more consecration I'm doing. That's just more sacrifice I'm pouring upon the altar. And that means the more of God I'm going to get a hold of. Amen. I... I really appreciate those that were involved uh, uh, for Friday night, Sister Magamo and uh, Sister uh, Am Ashley and, and Sister Bruce and all those involved. It, it, uh, it really was an impactful time, at least for me, especially reading through uh, Ecclesiastes again. And what better time, what better time to read the Ecclesiastes than right now? I mean, what, what better reminder to say, don't pursue after the things of this world. It's all vanity. None of that is going to be worth anything. Uh, the, 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 the final purpose is to fear God and to obey his commandments. That's, that's the final reminder uh, of Ecclesiastes. And so we need to put, stop pursuing after the things of this world all, because all of it is vanity. It's all going to pass away, and it's not going to do anything good but take us away from God and take us away from where God is trying to lead us. Amen. He's calling us to the promised land, and Ecclesiastes is reminding us, hey, let go of the world. The world is getting ready to burn up. Why hold on to anything that's getting ready to be burned up? We're going to get a hold of God like never before. We got to seek his face like never before. These are the times that we got to draw close to him. Amen. I've had the past, in the past month, I've had two of my neighbors die. Two funerals I've been at in the last two weeks. And you can't help, help reading Ecclesiastes and talking about these, 
doing all these things and gathering up all these pursuits and all these things, and then they, and then they die, and it's left for somebody else to to enjoy. And and here I am, my neighbors who have done all these things in their life and uh, amassed all these things, and there there still sits, and he is gone in eternity. And all the things you pursue after are still here for somebody else to come and take away and sell at goodwill. Uh, but yet all the time and energy and effort we put into pursuing all these things, when we can be putting that into God and following after God and saying, God, let me get a hold of you some more. I need a more, I need a fresh touch of you today. I need a fresh outpouring of your spirit like never before in these last days. I don't know what's going to happen out there, but hey, it's all going to burn up anyways. I got to let go of those things and grab a hold of God. You stand with me today. I feel like, I feel like that we, this world, I feel like this world is entering the valley of the shadow of death. There's a shadow that has come upon this world. I, I think it happened with COVID, the shift, because you, you, everything now is, the language now is pre-COVID and post-COVID. So COVID had a shift, worldwide shift. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you think about COVID or whatever, it shifted the whole entire world. It opened something up that wasn't there before. And now there's a, the shadow that is darkening this world. We are, as this world, we are passing through the valley of the shadow of death. And we are beginning to feel the first waves of all of this. The inflation, the economy tanking, and all this stuff. This is just the beginning of it all. And I think the only way out of this, this valley is one of three ways. Is the rapture of the church, the grave, or you get a mark in your hand or your forehead. I think that's the only way out of this. Because everything is shifting economies, governments are ready to shift to a new economic system, digital, everything. This is the perfect time for everything to collapse and to say we got to rebuild everything. Uh, we are approaching the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, we are not to fear uh, because God has not given us a spirit of fear. But God has given us a brain and we can prepare and do what we want to do. God provided man in the wilderness, but he also sent Joseph ahead to store up the stockpiles for his nation. And so I don't normally do this, but, I, you know, I think now is as expensive things are right now, I think they're going to be the cheapest they are going to be in the near future. I don't tell people to go out and stock up and buy stuff, but I think it wouldn't be a bad idea because who knows what the prices are going to be for things uh, talking $6 for gas by August, who knows by Christmas. And again, I'm not trying to instill fear. Uh, we know God is going to be here with his people, but we need to prepare as, as best we can, as best we know, not, not to add into the hurricane season that's coming, and God forbid something happens, Come, we get a storm here that's going to really mess things up. But it doesn't ever hurt to be prepared and have some extra pasta on the shelf. If you're living day by day, 
uh, you need to go out and, and, and get some extra stuff. Because now is going to be the cheapest it's ever going to be for a long time. And that means that we're going to see the hand of God like never before in our lives. I think the devil knows that this is his time. I think he knows the shift and he sees the shift that's happening in this world. And so uh, the attacks of the enemy are going to be stronger and they're going to be faster and they're going to be coming more and more quickly. And each wave that comes, we know that God is going to respond with his church and he's going to lift us up and, and help us through whatever comes. But hey, we're getting ready to uh, experience the dark times of the world. And we need to make sure that, hey, we're letting go of everything. We're not attaching ourselves to these things of this world. Uh, we're attaching ourselves to Jesus Christ because we are the church of the living God. And I don't know where you are in your walk with God, but we need to make sure that we are striving further from this world and grabbing more hold of God. Because there is more beyond where we are currently at. We all have more steps to take. We all have more miles to walk. And either we walk in Heron and spend our steps there, or we start walking towards where God wants us to be, and that is in the promised land where he provides for his people. We need to start taking a step in the direction of uncertainty, stepping out to the, the places where we don't know because that's where we have to live by faith. And it's going to happen on, just by this world. It's Uncertainty is coming our way anyways. Or it's going to take more faith. Uh, but God wants to push us past our barriers. That it, it should not take an economic collapse for us to get a hold of God. We should already have a hold of God before anything of this happens. And if we do that, it's not going to matter how much, the, the, how much gas is. Hey, I've got a hold of God. He is my provider. He, he's going to make a way for me. He's going to do things that I've never seen before. And so I'm not letting go. Uh, I'm going to let go of this world, and I'm going to grab a hold of God. And so as, as the, the enemy gets stronger out there, as his power begins to increase and, and be more uh, visible in this world, that just means the church is going to be even more powerful in these last days. God needs his people to be strong, and it's not through our strength. It's the strength of the Lord that's given to give us the, the power and the ability and the authority to do what he has called us to do. Amen. And so we got to bind together and say, hey, uh, we're not going to back down. We're not going to give in. We're not going to be dismayed by what happens, but we're going to grab a hold of God like never before. And he's got to be uh, ready to use us, and we got to be ready for him to use us. Amen. And so I believe in these last days, amen, we're going to see the supernatural like we've never seen before. And we got we can't we can't skirt around the issue, but I know we talk about it a lot, but we gotta really start to step out in faith and let God use us and say, hey, we believe what the word of God says. We believe in the miracles and signs and wonders. We believe that people can be healed and delivered and set free. Amen. In an atmosphere like this, anything is possible. And so why don't we just why don't we as we close out this service? 
why don't we all just bow our heads and why don't we just begin to seek the face of God and allow God to do something here and allow God to stir us, amen, that God will use us to, to step out in faith and believe that, hey, anything is possible today. Amen. Somebody can be healed today. We know that and we, we say that, but hey, let's see with our own eyes today. Will there be somebody that will step out and say, God, use me. God, lead me to pray for somebody here in this place. God, let's follow your spirit today. The Bible says, is any, any, any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is anybody afflicted here today? Come on, won't you step out and begin to pray, to begin to seek the face of God? Is anybody merry? Let him sing songs. Let's sing unto the Lord today and to give him praise. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray, anointing him with oil. Come on, there's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders here in this church, and we got to be willing to be used by God. Come on, God, help us today, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the prayer of the, uh, of the faith shall save the sick. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, if, if you're sick in your body, why don't you take that step of faith? Come down here and let somebody pray for you. We want 
are just in it, but God is in control. Man, I, I feel like the Lord is taking us to a place that it's going to be uncomfortable, but where we'll find comfort in Him. It's going to take us to a place where our weakness is going to be exposed, but His strength is going to sustain us and keep us. That's why we got to forget the world and grab a hold of God, fear God, and, and trust His commandments. Amen. And we're going to see God do great things, and He's going to use us. He's going to use you, man, because the people of God are going to be strong and do exploits, right? He needs us to be strong, and we, we have God. He's not going to leave us or forsake us, and we also have one another. Amen. We have each other. We're going to get through this together. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. I'm excited for where God has taken us. Amen. To new places and new things. We're going to go there together. In Jesus' name.